Welcome to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ, located in the Lehigh Valley of Pennsylvania. I'm Pastor Mike Landsman, and these podcasts are taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. We pray that they will bless you, and we would love for you to come visit us and make our church home, hopefully, become your church home. Here's what we have for today. Thank you for the reading. Good morning once again. We've heard it and said it to each other over and over again that Christ is risen, and this is the gospel message that we proclaim today and every Sunday. Since it's Easter, I'm obviously going to preach on the resurrection, right? What else are you supposed to preach on since it's Easter? That's what you should preach on, and that's what I will preach on. But before I I talk about what the resurrection is and what what it means, I'm going to begin by talking about some misconceptions of what the resurrection means. Because it's oftentimes when we learn what something doesn't mean, it helps us keep in mind what something, something really does mean. So with that in mind, a couple of things that the resurrection of Jesus does not mean. The first one is the resurrection of Jesus does not mean that God is resurrecting your dreams. This is very popular, and it's something that gets preached a lot in Easter time. And in his theology, God is more of a gentle self-help guru. He might have a little bit of an edge to him, like Dr. Phil, but at the end of the day, he's going to be warm and fuzzy and super affirming. The story goes kind of like this. You are an amazing person and unique, which is actually true. You have these amazing dreams, these desires that you want to see turn into a reality, but somewhere along the way, you lost those dreams. Maybe life got in the way, plans didn't turn out the way you expected to, so those dreams lay dormant in your heart or have died, replaced by the reality of life. But Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus rising from the dead means that those long dead dreams are now resurrected too. The second thing the resurrection does not mean is that God is helping you back from a, helping you come back from a setback. This theology has some similarities to the first one, and it goes something like this. Have you ever had a setback in your life? Were you passed over for a promotion? Were you fired? Have you lost status, money, homes, and you find yourself at the end of the rope? Did a business venture go south, leaving you in the lurch? Don't worry, because Jesus rose from the dead. And since Jesus rose from the dead, that means all of your setbacks are turned into comebacks. You will, retain, you will regain all of that status. That money you lost, you will get back. You will have even bigger homes. You'll get an even better job than the one that you were fired from because Jesus rose from the dead. Both of these sound pretty good, but this is not, brothers and sisters, what the resurrection means for us. Now notice that these have something in common. They both focus primarily on you, on your life, on your dreams, on your disappointments, on your unmet expectations. And we see a biblical analog to this, the disciples. Throughout the season of Lent and even in Holy Week, we've heard it read a few times that they did not understand what was going on. And there's points where Jesus tells them like point blank, right? We know that Jesus used to tell parables and he used to teach in parables. And people wouldn't understand, and the disciples would say, Jesus, please explain this to me. And he would say, okay. And then he would explain the parables, right? But he even tells them explicitly, I'm going to Jerusalem. When we get there, they're going to hand me over to the authorities. They're going to crucify me, but don't worry, I'm going to rise from the dead. Pretty plain, pretty simple. And they don't understand. 
They don't understand. They can't wrap their minds around it because their dreams and in their expectations, Jesus as the Messiah is going to enter the city like a military king like David and destroy all of their enemies. And the thing is, Jesus does actually do that, but in a completely different way than they expected. Their own dreams were shattered and those dreams go unfulfilled. James and John asked to sit with Jesus at positions of power in an earthly kingdom. And the disciples argued among themselves about which one of us is the greatest. But all of that comes crashing down. And those dreams don't get resurrected and those expectations don't get resurrected because Jesus didn't rise from the dead to turn their setback into a comeback or to resurrect their dreams. Jesus gave them something different. He gave them something better than they could ever imagine. So now, what does the resurrection of Jesus mean for us? Fortunately, we don't have to speculate, brothers and sisters, that it's pretty laid out in Scripture that, number one, the resurrection means that Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. And we heard this in the Acts reading that Cindy just read for us in Acts 10.42. It says, He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. He is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. And this is something that we confess in our creeds as Christians, that Jesus will return to judge the living and the dead, and that his kingdom will have no end. So we see here, brothers and sisters, that Jesus is the risen Lord who is ruling and reigning over all things. And ultimately, every single one of us will stand before him on the last day to give an account of what we have done. And this thread runs through all of the New Testament, especially in the epistles of St. Paul. And the apostles here are commanded by Jesus to preach and to testify to this, that Jesus is the judge of the living and of the dead. The second thing that the resurrection of Jesus does mean is that our sins have been forgiven. St. Peter is speaking here. He says that everyone who believes in Jesus will receive forgiveness of sins. This forgiveness is what makes us able to stand before him in that day of judgment that I just spoke about. We confess as Christians that humanity has been enslaved to sin, that all of us, regardless of who we are or where we were born, are all under the power of sin and death. It doesn't matter if we were born rich. It doesn't matter if we were born poor. It doesn't matter what neighborhood we grew up in. It doesn't matter how good or bad our family life is. Every single one of us, we are born under the power of sin and death. I like to think of sin like an infection running its way through the human race. But Jesus' resurrection means that that infection of sin that we all carry, that we all bear, it has been forgiven. And not only that, that any sin that we commit thereafter is forgiven when we confess it before him. And all of those who have come before us, all of the prophets, all of the holy people have all testified to this and we see this in the scriptures. The third thing that the resurrection of Jesus means is that since Christ is risen, we will also rise like him. Cindy read from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And St. Paul here calls Jesus' resurrection the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, Jesus' resurrection is the pattern, the archetype, the paradigm of the resurrection of those who confess him. In other words, he lays the pattern for us. The way he was raised in glory, we too will be raised in glory. This, brothers and sisters, is the great Christian hope. 
disembodied life in heaven is a good thing, but heaven is not the end, right? It is not the goal to which we are all aiming for as Christians. Heaven is a temporary waiting place. It's a temporary place, right, of rest, of being in the presence of Christ, of experiencing fully the love of God. But it's only temporary because what we are promised, brothers and sisters, is that we will be resurrected. That if we are in Christ, that if we have faith in Christ, if we believe in him, if we trust him, if we follow him, if we have been clothed in him through the waters of baptism, those of us who have eaten and drunk his body and blood, we will be vivified by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. St. Paul says in Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. The resurrection of Jesus means that we will rise like he did. And finally, brothers and sisters, the resurrection means that death has been and will ultimately be destroyed. St. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, the last enemy to be destroyed is death. If death has been destroyed while we await its final annihilation, then that means even though all of us, we will still die, there will come a time when we will rise again, never to die. The resurrection means that our present physical death is not the end if we belong to Christ. And so I appeal to you all, brothers and sisters, and our guests and friends and loved ones that may be visiting with us, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, if you have refused him, if you have rejected him, if you have rebuffed him, I implore you this morning once again to repent and believe the good news that Christ died for you, that Christ was raised for you, and that Christ will raise you on the last day. As the early church father, Sinathanasius, put it, death has become like a tyrant who has been completely conquered by the legitimate monarch, bound hand and foot as he now is. The passers-by jeer at him, hitting him and abusing him, no longer afraid of his cruelty and rage because of the king who has conquered him. So has death been conquered and branded for what it is by the Savior on the cross. It is bound hand and foot. All who are in Christ trample it as they pass and witnesses to him deride it, scoffing, saying, O death, where is thy victory? O grave, where is thy sting? And so to our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, be all glory together with his Father who is from everlasting and his all-holy good and life-giving spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. If these sermons have been a blessing to you, I'd ask that you would take a few minutes and go to a GoFundMe we've set up, gofundme.com slash savezionstone. We are fundraising in order to give our building some much-needed repairs, and anything you'd be able to donate to us would be greatly appreciated. You can also find us online, ZionStoneUCC.com. You can also find us on Facebook, ZionStoneUCC. If you could also go to iTunes and rate this five stars, that would help with our visibility. And you can also listen and share this podcast on Spotify as well. Once again, thanks for listening, and God bless you.